If you're going to represent Jesus, if you're going to call yourself a Christian or a follower of Jesus, we need to represent him correctly. And now for who do you represent? Welcome to Brothers of the Word, because brother and sister Y'all need the word. Amen. <laughs> All right. So I simply just want to start off with a question. OK, who do you represent? Now, we all have come from a past before we knew Jesus, before we accepted him as our Lord and Savior. We all came from a past where we were all serving a certain master that, of course, wasn't Jesus. But some of us have not left that in the past. We are still seeking guidance, rewards, validation from the things of our past instead of the things that come from above. Because it tells us in Colossians 3 verse 1. Since then, you have been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. But it can be really hard at times to say, you know, Jesus, I believe, but I can't see you sometimes. It's really hard to set your eyes on things when you cannot physically see him and touch him and dab him up and say, OK, I know you're real. But this is where we come in. This is where we are God's representatives. And this is why Paul says, in Colossians 3 verse 17 and whatever you do or say do it as a representative of the Lord Jesus giving thanks through him to God the Father but what happens when we have so many Christians who do things and say things and then they put it in the name of Jesus when if Jesus would have saw it, he would have strongly disagreed with or would not have supported what we do. And he puts a negative or an evil connotation on Jesus when that was not at all what Jesus came to accomplish. It also tells us in Colossians 3 verse 4, when Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him him in glory. And a lot of people, you want to be with Jesus in all his glory. You want that reward of having all those blessings and having the full blessing, but then you only turn around and give him only a portion of your life. We allow Jesus in into some areas. We're like, okay, you can have this right here. I'll give you this side of my life, but this side, no, I reserve that for myself. I want to make decisions in this area. And we allow either our sinful desire, we allow the world, or we just allow others to dictate how we live. When God didn't just say, give a portion of your life to Jesus, your whole life is Jesus. And he should be the one dictating everything that we do. You know why? Because our life, we're like held to such high stakes right now because people see Jesus through what you do since we are his representatives. And if you're going to represent Jesus, if you're going to call yourself a Christian or a follower of Jesus, we need to represent him correctly. Now, there are ways that you can represent the world. Sin represents the world, as we see in Colossians 3, verse 5. It says, so put to death the sinful, evil things lurking within you. Have nothing to do with sexual immorality, impurity, lust, and evil desires. And also, let me tell you this. He didn't just say, oh, let that stuff fade away. 
He said, put it to death. You need to kill that within you because that is no longer you. That is no longer who you are. It also reads in verse seven and eight. You used to do these things when your life was still a part of the world. But now it is time. It is time. You've waited all this time. and You're like, God, I'll eventually do it. God said, but now it is time to get rid of anger, rage, malicious behavior, slander and dirty language. And don't keep putting it off and say, God, I'll eventually get to it. But whenever you make that sacrifice and you say, Jesus, you are my Lord and Savior. He lords over your life. Then we should do this. And this is what God tells us in verse 10. Put on your new nature. The thing is, is it has to be new because our natural desires, our natural nature wants to go to the rage, wants to go to the anger or the lust or the sexual immorality. That's what we naturally want to do. But God said we have to put on a new nature. This is something that only he can give because our desire, our flesh cannot give us that. And it continues and be renewed as you learn to know your creator and become like him. Let me ask you, though. How can you learn who your creator is? How can you become more like him if you never spend time with him? If you never open up your word and you actually learn who Jesus is and actually create a good foundation of your faith, becoming like Jesus. Let me be clear. First off, it's not easy. It's not something that you can just wake up and do, but it is a full on dedication. It is something that you deliberately have to. That's why Jesus said you need to die to yourself. You need to pick up your cross daily. This is something that we We constantly have to be aware of and fight this fleshly battle. But here are some things that will begin to start happening as you allow Jesus to Lord over your life. These are things that will become present within your everyday life. People will begin to see this. And the good thing is it will begin to bring glory to Jesus name. It says in three verse 12. Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourself with compassion Kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. I'm going to read those again. Compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. So I know it gets hard, especially in Atlanta traffic. You're out driving and someone decides to cut in front of you. Oh, your patience. You you don't want to be gentle. You don't want to be kind. You want to use some dirty language and have some rage at this person. But this is where you go before God and you say, "Okay, God, I need your help. Someone is trying to take me out of my character, out of this new nature you have put me in. Help me in this point right now. But the thing is, is that people will begin to see the glory of God through your action. They will begin to see your sacrifice as a Christian, your sacrifice and say, okay, I wonder how this person got this new nature. I wonder how they were able to change. And whenever we did accept Jesus, we all made that commitment. If you haven't, of course, you can make that commitment today. Um, You can come to one of us and make that commitment, but we've all made that commitment. And we say, Jesus, I want you in my life. I accept the free gift of salvation through what you did on the cross for us. And then I'm ready to put on this new nature. But whenever things don't start changing, whenever you're still in the same spot that you were whenever you got started, ask yourself, did you really allow Jesus to lord over your life? Or are you just saying things just to get the reward of heaven? It says in Luke 6, verse 38, give and you will receive. Your gift will return to you in full, pressed down, shaken together to make room for more, running over and poured into your lap. The amount you give will determine the amount you get back. 
A lot of us, oh, we love to put it in material things or money. Oh, the more I give to church, the more I give to the poor, the more money I'm going to get back. Well, let me tell you, this is not always in the form of what you give. The thing is, if we were to put it in the context of the more time I give to God, the more God is going to give me more of him. The more I will see more of him, the more present he will be in my life. We can't always compare, you know, okay, God, I'm giving you my money. Where's my blessing at? It's not always going to be in the form that you think it is, but God will always always give you what you need. And sometimes we can put a lot of value on different things of the world. We put value on, of course, monetary things and we need money. So, I mean, I understand, but we forget about the things such as peace, such as joy, which a lot of people strive after money just to get those things, just to feel that presence of God when God gives it to you for free. And let's go to Colossians 3 verse 13. All right, y'all, it says, bear with each other. That's a big one. It's real hard to do that. A lot of people don't care about you, but Jesus tells us to bear with each other and forgive one another. If any of you has a grievance against someone, forgive as the Lord has forgiven you. This is so important. God would never tell us to do something just for his benefit. He understands that he created all of us and we all are imperfect. If we just make one mistake, we're imperfect. We are all imperfect before God, before a holy God. And God is saying, okay, well, if you're going to do that to them and you're not going to forgive them, then why should I forgive you? God didn't just say, oh, just forgive those whom you love. Just forgive those who are nice to you. Just forgive those who apologize. He said, forgive everyone of all that they have done wrong against you. It reads in Matthew 6, verse 14. For if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly father will also forgive. But vice versa, verse 15. But if you do not forgive others of their sins, your father will not forgive your sins. We hold people accountable to a certain standard that God doesn't even hold us to. And I know it's so hard to hear forgiveness. I know you're like, I'm working on it. I'm trying. But when I tell you, God, he is already forgiving you before you even step foot in the door. He's saying, if you would just come and ask for forgiveness, I would forgive. And then let's look at verse 15. God tells us this. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. This is something that is going to start coming out. When you are peaceful, people will see Christ. It says, since as members of one body, you were called to peace. We are all attached to Jesus because we are all one body of believers. But like I was saying before, if you are not presenting, if one part of the body is not working properly, it's not going to function how it was intended to function. And it also says, and be thankful. That is what Jesus called us to do to show compassion, to show humility, to show gentleness, patience, kindness, and to be thankful that this is what we were called to do. So when things in the world, whenever they start happening around you, because things will happen, whenever you step foot into this church, whenever you said, Jesus, I want to make you my Lord, he never said troubles wouldn't come, but he said he's wanting to take on all your burdens and everything that you go through. He wants us to depend on him. And so when people see you, they see Jesus. They see you displaying those acts. And the thing is, they may see someone do something really wrong to you. They're like, how in the world were you able to forgive them? I need that type of peace. I need that type of help. And so then they'll get curious. And then they'll want to do what you're doing to feel that feeling that you're feeling. You don't even have to say anything. Your actions will speak for themselves. 
And that right there is how we can help people keep their eyes on Jesus through us. We are his body. We are his representatives. So whenever you go out in your everyday life, you need to keep that on your in the front of your mind that people are seeing God through your actions. Whenever you bash someone or you go against someone or you do certain sinful things, people are associating you with God. Now, let me tell you this, though, because I have done this. I don't want you to feel like, oh, I'm just coming at you. But we have all misrepresented Jesus because we all were sinners. We all are sinners. We need Jesus. But let me tell you this. So this is the beautiful thing. Jesus is perfect. So we did not. Well, because we cannot be perfect. We could never be perfect. But God does tell us to strive for perfection, to strive for holiness, just like he is holy. But we have already, you know, we're like, dang, I wasn't representing Jesus the way that I should have been. I'm still living in my past life. I'm still, you know, trying to have one foot in with God and one foot out. When this is the most holy and the most important being that you will ever have a relationship with. And you're trying to be half in and half out. What if a husband and a wife decided that was going to be the case? The wife was like, mm, I kind of want to be with him too, but I'll be with you here sometimes. That wouldn't work. That's not how a functioning relationship works. And God, he continuously talks about with Jesus, how we are his bride and Jesus is our king. He is our Lord. And so whenever we have that marriage, you need to make a commitment. This is not something where you're in one minute and you're out the next. And so if you have been struggling, though, with sin or you just cannot control, you know, what's going on in your flesh, which is so hard. It's not easy. I do want to be clear on that. God tells us this in Psalms 105 verse four. Search for the Lord and for his strength continually seek him. You need to be searching for God in every situation. God created it to where since we were so imperfect, since we were so weak, we needed him. So now as you need him, you need to go to him. If you continuously try to do it on your own, you will fail. You wonder why, dang, you know, I'm trying to get rid of this sin. I'm trying to do right, but I keep failing time and time again. Well, it's because you're depending only on yourself. When we are weak, we can't do this. We don't have the power or the capability to do it on our own. And so I just want to just ask you, though, today, if you haven't been representing Jesus, who have you been representing? And what changes do you need to make in your life to truly represent your Lord and your master, the one who laid his life down, even though he did not have to? He laid it down. So and the least we could do is give him our life. The least we could do is give him back our time, is give him back our resources and pour it back into the kingdom and stop focusing on getting rewards here on earth. But the rewards in heaven are something so amazing and priceless. So yeah, that's all I have for you guys today. But I really just want you to take some time and go before God. And if you have been misrepresented, this is a time to repent. This is a time to say, God, I need forgiveness. I need your help. I need you, Father, in my life. And God will show up. But you first have to search for him and continually seek him. Not a one-time thing, but this is a continuous thing because we need him. Because there will be different things that pop up every single day. So thank you, guys. You are listening to brothersoftheword.com. This was the message titled, Who Do You Represent? by Jamie Bronner. This message is number 6589. That's 6589. To listen to thousands of free messages or to send this message number 6589 to a friend, go to brothersoftheword.com. If this message has been a blessing to you and you would like to help support this ministry, go to iwanttogive.com. That's iwanttogive.com.
Listen to brothersoftheword.com often because brother you need the word. Brothers of the word.